This is Brother Julius Adiumi. We are going through the Gospel of Mark in a series of teaching. I'm now in Mark chapter 4. And as I normally say, I will read it slowly and then stop at some Bible verses and give some exp exposition or refer some other Bible verses as the Lord lists. So let's go. Chapter 4 of the book of Mark, Gospel of, of Mark. Remember, Apostle Abim. But Mark that wrote this is John Mark. We believe this is John Mark that was reported in the book of Acts of the Apostles. He was a young man when he, when Jesus Christ was uh, crucified. So he gave some insight inside this. Uh, his own recording that we, we point to when we get to them in some of the things that make us know it was. He was a young man and he was more or less maybe it was his father's house where the Last Supper occurred. Now let's read verse one. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine. Now, Apostle, I mean, Mark was going to give us a some parables that Jesus Christ gave, and we are going to go through those parables and perhaps give some explanation, interpretation of this parable. That is how we do the teaching in this Gospel of John or Gospel of Mark. Verse 3 Behold, he went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of heart but when the sun was up it was scorched and because it had no root it withered away and some fell among tongues and the tongues grew up and shook it and it yielded no fruit and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10 says, And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of the parable. Ask him of the parable. So that's why we are not going to, are not going to begin to explain it until we see what the Lord Christ said about the parable itself. Here is the explanation that the logical gave about the parable, verse 11. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all this are done in parables. In short, Christ was saying, Those who are his disciples, and in that particular generation, as he was preaching, he already has the twelve disciples. Those who are always following are the disciples. They don't just listen and go away, never understanding and never really wanting to know more. But the disciples always follow him and you could see them, they were moving closer as he started the ministry. 
out of them he chose the twelve. But whether men and women, they were always there when he was preaching, and they always want to listen, want to learn more. Those are the disciples. So those are the ones he was saying unto them, it is given to know about the mystery of the kingdom of God. Those who are just passing by and just listen, what is this preacher saying, and they walk away, they are not too, not too interested. They will not learn anything either. In the same way, when we go about to preach the word of God, those who are staying behind and asking questions means that they want to learn more. I remember going to a village when I was still in Nigeria preaching. And after I preached, a lot of people gathered late in the evening. And I prayed for them. And after I prayed for them, and the crowd dispersed some family. A, a, a man, an elderly man and his wife came closer to me and asked me help. Asked for help for their son. So that means they recognized that they needed more help. They had questions. So, so those are the people all the they quickly recognize who are the disciples, who are those who are not who are not disciples because they just come to listen and they walk away whether they understood it or not. They didn't care. That's why he said to those people that are without, that is without, that are not his disciples, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Verse 13. And he said unto them, Know you not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? Verse 14 is where he began to explain the parable to the disciples. And the sower, the sower sowed the word, that is the seed he said he was sowing was the word of God he was preaching. The sower sowed the word. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. In short, the, the one that was on the wayside means that uh, those are the people that were just passing by and they listen to what the preacher said and they just walk away. They didn't understand it, neither did they want to care. But it was still a seed that was sown. So the devil is this birds of the air. He said the birds of the air came and picked it up from the ground that are on the, on the, on the, on the roadside. So the birds of the air is, is representing Satan. And those evil, evil spirits. So they quickly took the word out of the heart of these people that heard it and they just passed by. They didn't understand that, that neither did they care to go and learn more. So because they are just on the wayside. So then they will just take it out of their mind and say, forget about it, you don't even consider it. And they never consider what they had, neither they were annoyed, they are not interested in, in what the man said. So he says, Satan comment immediately and take away the word that was sown in their hearts. These are a group of hearers. Verse 16 says, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Verse 17, And have no root in themselves. No root in themselves. And so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the world's sake, Immediately, they are offended. Now, he's talking about people that they receive the preaching, they receive the word, they seem to enjoy it, they want to know, they want to follow it. Because they are on stony ground, there will be tough times. And this will be example of people that when they believe the gospel and they begin to follow, and their family members will be the first ones to rise up against them. Family members. We have to remember the, this kingdom of God, the preaching of the gospel, or the, the bringing the kingdom of God to a family, to the world, is a warfare. 
Satan and his courses have a kingdom on this world, and they have been ruling this world all along. They were ruling all these families in those idol worshiping and all those you know, evil things that you were doing in every family. So now a, a gospel came into the family. One, one of them, one of the members of the family got saved and gave their life to Christ. Their life will be transformed. The life of that person that gives his life to Christ or her life to Christ will be transformed. They don't want to do all those bad stuff anymore because the light of God has come into their heart. They don't want to do any of those ritualistic worship anymore. They don't want to participate in all those ungodliness anymore. But the people in the family that were used to all those things, they will be the first one to antagonize this new believer. So that is the persecution that he said. When the tough times come, if they don't have root in themselves, that is, these people that they said they have received gladness with gladness, if they don't have root, well, afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the world's sake, that is for that which they are believing and they want to follow, say if they don't have root in themselves, immediately they are offended. I mean, they just gave up. If their daddy slapped them and said, what religion is this? Get out of this place. They say, well, they just give it up. That means they don't have root in themselves. And that's how Christ classified them. They say, well, what do they need to do to have root in themselves? The root will come only when you see when you plant a seed. How does the root grow out of a seed? As you give them water, moisture, so on and so forth, the, the seed itself germinates, shoots up, and the root goes down. But if it's not getting deeper, deeper, and deeper to get itself firm in the ground, anything can pull it out. That's why he said they are on the rock. They don't have a a fertile soil and a, a soil that can be deep in the root. So that is their heart that God is talking about. It's not whether they are not being taught yet. Because if you are teaching them and it's not going deep, means that there's a rock, that the root is hitting the rock. It's just normal in life. Plant a seed if it's in the rock. No matter how the seed is trying to penetrate the rock, it's still going to penetrate with its root. So that's why he said they were on a rock. So what can be done then? The only that shows that they are just in not the right kind of ground. That's what it means. Because for the right kind of ground, you have to break that rock first. Crush the rock before you even plant the seed. So that is why it says some hearts are like stony. They are not going to have deep root when the word of God comes to them. Now he went for that. It's just classifying the categories of the hearers of the word. We want to be the good seed, the good soil. That's what individual all of us want to see, want to be. But it just gave us that there will be a group that they just hardly they don't care and the devil took it out of their heart. There's another one that they fall into the stony ground. Their heart is one that is stony. Their heart is one that is stony. So even though they receive this thing, yeah, it's a good thing. But when the persecution comes, they never really hold it firm enough. They just throw it away that way. I'm not going to die because of religion. That means they are not, they are not the, the right kind of that kind of ground. Now verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns. Thorns, remember? Such as hear the word. And what are these thorns? And the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. And the loss of other things entering in. Shock the world. And it becometh unfruitful. Well, what are these thorns? He said that you sow them because you can think of a farmer as you are planting and in their own generation you actually just scatter the seed like this. They don't, they, after they have prepared the ground, they scatter the seed by spreading it, like spraying it. Some would then fall on the ground and both pick them up. 
some of them on the stony grounds, like he said, they never they will try to grow but they never go anywhere. Why some will fell on thorns that is where they are all the things that are going to grow with them. And those are the thorns. You plant it where there are grass. The grass is so like a thorny places. Plant your corn among the among the places where there are grass roots. The grass are so stubborn, they will choke the thorn, the, the, the and the, the the corn you plant you also try to grow. Only it won't produce more because they are being choked. They are struggling, all of them, but the stones and the and the thing we plant are all struggling to 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 to, to survive on the nutrient that is in the ground. And, and, and the and the stones are more powerful because they are more. So that is why he said, he said it, it will it will shock the world. Now, what are the stones in the life of a woman that's hearing it? This is what Christ said: chaos of this world. They have to go to work. They have to go to do their business, and those are taking time. But to hear the word of god and meditate on it and pray about it and study the bible takes time also so you have to prioritize if you are not prioritizing you prioritize your business your cares of this life how you're going to get money to pay your something your children's fees how to get money to be rich and that's because it's called, it called out the the deceitfulness of riches i mean they want to make it they want to make it in life they want to become rich and that takes more effort of stealing and if you are stealing, you are contradicting the word that you have just had. Also. And if you are just putting more effort to, and you have no time for what you have just had. So that is the deceitfulness of riches. It could make the people that are deceived, deceived by the desire for riches. They are deceived because they want to get their riches, they want to get the wealth. They are going to either do something wrong, as contrary to the world, by stealing, embezzlement, bribery. That is part of what their deceitful riches will make them do, which is contrary to the word they are had. Or they have no time because they are so busy doing their business, they want to make it, they need to put more time, 24 hours a day. No time for the word, to study the word, to go to Bible study, or to listen to gospel, or to even meditate on the word. So those are all the things that say it's a deceitful riches and loss of all that things, not just not just money, not just money, loss of loss for women. Loss for sex, loss for the opposite sex. Those are also going to make them do what? Sin. Right? They follow the lust, they are going to commit adultery. If they follow the laws, they are going to commit fornication. If they follow the laws of other things, there are many other things they will be doing that will be contrary to the word of God that is calling them to holiness and righteousness. We do things the way God will want us to do it. It's what God is calling. So all those laws of other things will shock the world that the world cannot produce. And it becomes unfruitful. Because the word is to, to germinate and bear fruit, and then the fruit is the righteousness that will show in your life that God can bless and bless you. Verse 20. And these are they which are sowed on good ground. Now, that's what we all want to be, good ground. Such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Now, that is another Thing the Lord is making us to see everyone that received the word into a good ground, not everyone will bear the same measure of fruitfulness. Some will bear 30 fold, means they are 30% producing, but they are still producing something. Some bear what 60 fold, they are producing more than the 30 fold one. And why some are producing 100 fold? That's why you see some people are on fire for Jesus when they become a believer. Why do they just participate? They just go to church and they are also following 
but their fruit you see that maybe the uh, the righteousness is coming you can see that their fruit of righteousness and gentleness is showing for that they're following christ but they may not be evangelistic which is also addition because when you are evangelist you are producing more fruit there's a fruit of your lifestyle there's a fruit of when you witness to others and bring more, more people in and then there's a fruit when god will give you the ministry that you are not only just showing your lifestyle and you are witness to other people, bring people you are actually a minister doing more than that so that's almost like hundredfold when everything is working for the kingdom of god through your life so that's like hundredfold you say hundredfold sixtyfold thirtyfold but they are all bringing for fruit and the same way when god is rewarding his believers his disciples at the end in heaven there's also different measures of reward yeah so we already said that now that was the parable that you just gave and it's what us to consider what type of ground are you that is listening and are you going to let the chaos of this life take shook the word of god that means you are not you are just you are to, the word you are hearing is getting into among tongues the tongues are the chaos of this life that you need to get rid of so i still need to feed myself i need to get food i need to get all things. yeah you're going to get them but if you prioritize the word of god just like i said seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and his righteousness that is the way it, all things ought to be done the right way to operate the right way of to operate if you are in the kingdom of god that's what me and his righteousness the right way to operate we make you do the right way the right thing not embezzlement not bribery want to be honest before god honest to men you're not going to be shitting them and that is what god is going to bless say so all these other things you are trying to pursue will be added to you when you are seeking the kingdom of god and his righteousness so that is prioritizing you prioritize the kingdom of god and the righteousness of god i must do my business with integrity with fear of god with love then god is seeing that god is going to be blessing that fruit that he's seen the fruit of love the fruit of integrity the fruit of kindness and so on that he's seen in your life is god blessing that will make you produce more and you make you even be getting all the things you think you are not pursuing they will be coming your way because he said that all these other things shall be added unto you but don't let don't don't be don't be the one that is among tongues tongues means you are all those characters that are choking it from you you have to prioritize and don't be the one up, upon the stony place when the affliction come persecution will come of course it will come because you are the kingdom of god is coming against the kingdom of darkness and your family members that are not believers the devil already got them so the only way to do is to keep praying for them and if they persecute you just know that it's part of the territory part of the package when you come to christ and but if you keep praying for them they will come back and when you'll be able to drive the devil out of their life and then they will come and surrender to christ also so that is part but don't let them drive you away from christ that's what he's saying but when Africa, don't be offended. I mean, don't take it as a way, gee, I can't, I can't take this uh, persecution because of this. If you just think it's a religion, then you miss it. This is not just a religion. This is life. Somebody, if you are on, on, at, the, at, the, at the edge of a, of a big pit, and somebody wants to push you into that pit, won't you resist that person? Yeah, you resist him. You don't want them to push you into the big pit. Life. You want to be killed also. The same way, this kingdom of God is life because you are if you don't go to the kingdom of God you are going to hell and lake of fire so it's your life so don't let anybody drag you out of uh, pull you out of the kingdom of God because of uh, your friend your family members or this or that so don't let any relationship 
pull you out. That's what Christ is saying. So let's go on to chapter Mark chapter 4, verse 21, as we continue this uh, discussion. And he said unto them, This is the Lord Jesus Christ continuing to teach his disciples. Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So this is like a Bible also, but it was more saying everything will be made clearer to the disciples. And we are the light. And he said, if when you are lighting a candle, you don't put it under the bed, you have to put it where everybody can see that. Are we believers as we follow Christ, we are to be light to the world and we should shine, let our light shine. That is what verse 21 was talking about. Now verse 24, take it, and he said unto them, take it that what ye hear, take it what ye hear, with what measure ye meet, shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. Now that's another teaching that Christ is teaching us. As you are hearing the word of God, and you are responding, you are asking questions, you will be taught more. Those who hear it and just walk away, they didn't ask questions, they didn't have time for questions and so on, or they didn't dig further, they didn't dig, dig deeper, they will not know more. Because as you seek God more, He will teach you more. I remember King David said in the book of Psalm 119, one of the verses there, he said, I understand more than my teachers. How can you do that? When the teachers are teaching him, after he learned from them and he went to do what the teacher said, then the great teacher, God himself, will teach him more. So that's how you understand more than your teachers. So that's what the Lord say. Anyone that is hearing, more will be given to him to understand more. That's why he said, you take care what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And to you that hear shall more be given. So the disciples that were asking questions, they come and follow him, they will teach them more. That's what it meant. Now, verse 25. For he that asks to him shall be given, and he that asks not from him shall be taken even that which he has. That's another teaching that Christ said that if you have, you might be getting more. He gave a parable like that in another place where he said he gave talents, five talents to this one, two talents to that one, one talent to the other one, and the one that for them to occupy till they come. The one that has five talents went and traded with it and got five more talents. And so with the two. The one that has two, he got two more talents. The one that had one talent only went and hid it. Came back and said, this is all, I just kept it for you. Here is your talent. And the master of these of this servants was angry with the one that had one talent and went and buried it. And he took it away from him. That's the same story, example of this one that Christ was saying. He, and he said, take this talent away from this man that went and buried it and give it to the man that has ten. He said, well, you already have ten. No, he said, it's to him that has will be more given. So in short, he's saying, because he wanted him to produce more. So if you are producing more, then they give you more so that you can produce much more. Let's say you are a businessman and you, can, you have only $100 to invest. But you invest that $100, you produce $150. So that you have a profit of $50. So even people that are giving you that money say, wow, if you have given you $200, you will have make 
250 of 300 dollars of profit also. So then they will want to invest more with you. That's what it's still saying. The same way in the business world, if you are if your business is prospering and you are getting money to invest from other people and they see that you are making profit, you are giving them profit, dividend, they want to invest more with you. But the one that is not making any profit, they will be taking their money away from him and giving it to the one that is making profit so that they can invest because people want more profit. So the one that is making great profit will be the one they will be investing with. So that is the same thing the Lord is telling us. It's just life. He's just telling us this is what it is in life. To him that has, shall be given. To him that has not, he will take away from him what he does want to have and give to someone that has more. Verse 26. And he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. You know it not how. Verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest is come. Now that verses 26 to 29 was talking about another parable, talking about the kingdom of God is like that. In short, what does that mean that the kingdom of God is like this? It's like when you plant a corn in the ground. The first thing the corn produces is a blade, a tiny little thing that comes up, and then it begins to produce leaves. Also, very soon it produces the ears of the corn, that's like the flowery thing. As, and at the end, produce corn. There's the stages, stages of production of just things you plant in the ground. Very soon you see the corn stalk, then you see the ears on top of it. Very soon you see the corn that, and very soon the corn arrive. Immediately it's ripe, say the owner now come to harvest. He said, that is how the kingdom of God is. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one that came and started this kingdom. So it's like he planted something here. He started a kingdom. And said, so you guys begin to preach. And that is the same thing he's using as a Bible, that the kingdom of God is like that. He's going to produce, he started with a little seed, himself come like a seed that comes to the world and it's going to be the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness. And at the end, there will be a lot of crops. And Christ is going to harvest believers at the crops in this case. So he said, the kingdom of God is like that. A man should cast the sin to the ground. You don't sleep and just wake and you don't even do anything other than just water it. Water it and the ground will produce by itself, by the power of God that make the ground just produce. Shoot. Very soon, let's see. The power is already there in that seed. And he's saying the power is already there in the world. Christ also came to present to the world. And it's going to send the Holy Ghost to water in it, and the people of God begin to preach the word of God. And somehow it's producing. And look at the whole world full of Christians everywhere right now. So that is the same thing he's talking about in this parable. And then there will be a time when there will be harvesting, which is at the end of the world. Vastari. And he said, We are also shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed. Mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, it's less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now that's another parable the Lord God gave here. The Lord Jesus Christ gave when he said, The kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed. When you sow it, 
it's like the tiniest seed but it begins to grow and become a big tree tiny little seed but the power inside that seed once it begins to germinate and grow it comes to become a huge tree that have so much big branches and if you go and look at most of those huge trees that are that are huge and mighty they have the smallest type of seed they don't have mango type of seed or, or big rock type of seed they have tiny little seed but there's power in that seed that's what christ is saying so the kingdom of god is like that he came as this as a tiny little seed that he, had, he come into the world where the world is full of occultics full of uh, idol worshippers satan governing the whole world and he came as a seed and now look at the churches everywhere and then he said there are false of they are just resting on the branches that's where you see all false religions claim to be christians also all false people claiming to be christians also. we want to ask they are like the false of the that are resting upon the branches they see it's coming time when it's going to shake the tree and all the fowls will flee away and that is also represented in this uh, parable when he said there will be a time of harvesting verse 33 and with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it but without a parable spake he not unto them and when they were alone he expounded all things to his disciples that was how the Lord Jesus Christ was preaching about preached to them in the marketplaces with in parables they looked to them as just a storyteller they see the those who wanted to learn more they come and ask they follow him because they know this is mysteries of the kingdom of equality so this is the kingdom of god is like this and they come and ask him on this is why he's expanding to them behind the behind those who are in the marketplaces and they say without a parable speak not unto them but he expanded all these things to his disciples when they were alone verse 35 and the same day when the evil was come he said unto them let us pass over unto the other side over the lake now and when they had sent away the multitude they took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him other two ships so they were going from this side of the lake to the other side of the lake and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full and it was in the inner part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say unto him, Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, they were, the disciples were struggling with the wind that is rocking the boat here and there. And then they called the master and said, Do you care if we perish? Verse 13 and said, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Now, let's talk about the fact that these people have no faith. Another thing we can learn from this, because the Lord is teaching, I want, and that's what we are going to be pointing out as we read these parables and we get to stories like this. We'll be pointing out where they have faith, or what was the reason why many of them have lacking, lacking faith, or what they perhaps should have done. What should they have done? In this situation remember many of these people are fishermen simon peter his brother andrew peter and james and john they were all fishermen and they that lake is where they always do their fishing 
So when the wind come, they always are used to the wind and they know they will struggle with the boat, they will struggle with the wind, they will do all those things they know they do physically. Because that is what they are used to. And many times, the, the normal things can become abnormal when spirits are involved. And many times, women beings don't know when the normal turns to abnormal, when it turns to supernatural. And when people are not, are not, are not aware, they, are, they cannot discern, then they will still be struggling physically. It's not like somebody that is a medical doctor. You are trained to be a medical doctor. You are trained in all these things. And you don't know when, when you try to heal somebody and somehow you do not know that you are actually fighting a spirit now that has taken over, wanting to kill the person. And it happens like that, not only in the medical physical world. Let me give a testimony of trying to make, I was an electronic engineer. And all I was trained in the colleges, university was how to build a, my electronic box and so on. And then I was working in a place and they said, help me help us design and build this testing machine. And with all my education and electronics engineering, I built this box. But as I was testing this thing, it was blowing fuse. When I turned the power on, this thing just blew fuse. So I check all my all my paper and say it should be there should be no blowing of fuse. Everything should be normal. But when I turn it on, it was blowing fuse. Somehow the normal has turned to abnormal. The natural suddenly turned to supernatural. When a demon is involved and you do not discern that there's a demon involved, you just be wasting effort of your time. That was what the Lord showed to me in that in that in that day. The Lord just told me after I've blown three fuse, four fuse, almost every day I tested it like that. And I was still testing it. I've not started using it yet. I just designed it, put it in a box, and I turn it on. And each time I turn it on, within two seconds, it just blew fuse. And the Lord showed to me in a vision that put on your shoes. And I said, What does that mean? Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. This the gospel shoe means that this is spiritual. The devil trying to just waste my time here. Ah, okay. So I now. To put on my shoe means I should take authority as a believer in Christ. So I just went back to the office on that day, laid my hand upon that machine, and command the devil never to trouble my 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 work anymore. Then the the last fuse I put on never blew anymore. Why? Because I have the the normal that suddenly suddenly turned to supernatural, the natural that suddenly turned to supernatural have been controlled, and that is what happens sometimes in sicknesses and in diseases. People think, well, it's just a fever, and they use medicine. But when the devil is involved, that fever just escalates and escalates. The medicine is no more working. That's when the doctors give up. Not so. Then that they didn't realize they are now dealing with supernatural. And that's what happened on the on the lake. Yeah? They thought they were just rowing the boat and turning supernatural on them, and they were losing it. And then they called the master. Don't you care? We all perish. But when the master rose up, he commanded peace be still. Called commanding the spirits, the supernatural, and they run away. And when the spirit run away, everything comes to normal. And that is what we learn. We should learn that don't take things natural all the time. First, deal with the supernatural. Put on your shoe. That's what the doctor told me. Put on your shoe. If you say, Well, what has that got to do with electronics? <laughs> the devil can tamper with your electronics. The devil can tamper with health. The devil can tamper with things that should be normal, the wind. That should just be normal blue. Suddenly it turns into white wind. You say, What's all this? You are running away. You see, white wind paralysis, a spirit inside it. So that is why you have to be able to design when the when the normal becomes abnormal. When the natural suddenly turns uh, supernatural. 
When you design it and you take authority in the name of Jesus Christ, you have, we believers have authority over the supernatural spirits, satanic spirits. Because you are saying, you are given unto us power to tread upon serpents, that is the devils, and scorpions, that is satanic spirits, and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So when you don't realize that, you will be struggling physically with natural things, not knowing that you are dealing now with supernatural things. These disciples, they were struggling with the boat and the wind, not realizing that it has turned supernatural. That's what I'm trying to point out. That's what Christ said, where is your faith? Faith that says they should have taken authority in his name. Because they, by, by this time, these people have already been praying, they have sent them out to preach. So, he said, where is your faith? Why are you fearful? When they should have remembered, the Bible, Jesus Christ said, we are going to the other side and there shall be nothing to stop us. If they just say that, that Jesus Christ said, we are going to the other side, no wind shall stop us. The devils will recognize that and run off. So, but the faith is that we must believe his word. We must stand firm and use our authority in his name, the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 41 says, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So what I will say is that the Lord wants us to always remember to take things spiritual first in his name. And then we can deal with the physical. Before you, you, somebody is sick, why don't you call on Jesus first before you call on doctors? That's what he's saying. Call on the Lord Jesus Christ first before you go and run to the doctors. Somebody is panicking and say he's having a heart attack. You are calling time one one. You should call on Jesus first if you are a believer. And he can take control of that. That is, take control of it spiritually first before you talk of it. It's almost the same thing in the world now. People are talking about their nation is full of these. They want to think of politics. America, for example. All the so-called uh, conservatives. All they are thinking of is how to rescue America politically. But just, this thing is more spiritual than political. You are not dealing with men, you are dealing with spirits. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, spiritual powers, principalities and powers of darkness. Take your authority spiritually first before you deal with the physical. Before you deal with the men, let's vote this man out, let's vote this man in, let's... You can try to vote this man out, but say you are not changing the hearts. You are not changing the hearts of the homosexuals. That's why they are still populating the world. We need to preach the gospel with the power of the gospel to change hearts. Because that is the spiritual force. When you change hearts, even the, the rulers, if their hearts are changed, they will make the right laws. But if their hearts are not changed, no matter how you protest against them, the wicked.